Welcome back, everyone, to This Week in Japan, the show that brings you the most trending news stories and cultural insights from Japan. Today is October 21st, and we're coming to you straight from Hiro, Tokyo. I'm your host, Julian Zamansky, and joining me, as always, is my co host and founder of Japan Insider, Yasuharu Matsuno. Hey, guys, welcome back. Lots of little stories we got this week, Yasu, um, but something kind of big happened yesterday. Mm-hmm. Something erupted into the news. <laughs> yeah, Mount Aso, right? Yeah, there was a huge uh, eruption. Mm. Um, well, I, I, don't, I don't know how big it is big for eruptions, but it looks pretty huge. <laughs> yeah, um, it's hard to say. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, so uh, quite a famous um, kind of semi-active volcano dam mm. um, in, in uh, Kumamoto Prefecture yeah. in Kyushu, the uh, southern island of Japan. Yeah, so yesterday morning around 11.43, mm. apparently, uh, it's called the Nakadake Daichi Zanguchi, perhaps, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. It's like the... Uh, Daichi Kako. Kako, okay. Mm. So one of the... Um, the kind of the vol- volcanic like, openings on the mountain yeah, yeah. Uh, erupted. There's, there's several on the, on mm. the mountain, but this is number one. Mm. And uh, yeah, it kind of erupted. It spewed ash 3,500 meters into the air. Mm. Yeah, basically the, I don't know if you want to call it threat level, the um, <laughs> kind of the warning level around the, the mountain was moved up from uh, two to three. Right. So I'm not sure how serious that is, but <laughs> I, I suppose it is, right? So um, as far as I know, I, at least no one's got injured or, you know, got killed. Mm. So that's good. And I just remember the fact that uh, even Mount Fuji, right? Mount Fuji, did you know that it's an active volcano? It is, yeah. Yeah. It's just very, very quiet at the moment. Quiet at the moment, but uh, based on their... How do you say categorization of the threat levels? Mm. I believe it's still one. It's still one, yeah. So it's not dormant. So I'm actually looking at a map now by the Japan Meteorological Agency, and mm. it's just like the whole map of Japan with all the all the markings for the volcanoes that are on this threat scale. Mm-hmm. I believe there are much more volcanoes in Japan, even though there's already like a hundred on the list, but a lot <laughs> of them are just uh, dormant. Right. But m- most of them, like 99% of them, are level one. So I've heard the story that the last time Mount Fuji erupted was uh, in 1707. Oh, so wow, yeah. that's more than 300 years ago. Yeah, yeah. And based on the record, uh, the ashes even reached Edo, which is <laughs> wow. the modern day Tokyo. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> that's quite scary, isn't it? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, it's the, yeah, the biggest mountain in Japan, right? Right, it's right. Probably one of the biggest volcanoes in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, that's kind of scary. <laughs> Active volcano, right? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and there's like, there's big cities like all the way around Fuji, right? I mean, Tokyo's mm-hmm. kind of far away, but on the on the slope of the mountain. Yeah, even around the mountain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there are cities. That's kind of scary, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, so last week we talked quite a lot about YouTubers in Japan, mm-hmm. you know, including some meiwakuke, mm-hmm. you know, troublesome ones, right? Yes, yes. And guess who started YouTube um, only a few days ago? Who started YouTube? Yeah, someone you know, and we talked about him many times on the show. Uh, but he wasn't on YouTube before. Yeah. <laughs> he just died first time. Mm-hmm. Um, and okay, I give you another hint. Mm-hmm. A politician. Politician? Oh, uh, Taro Kono? Shinzo Abe. Shinzo Abe. Oh, no way. <laughs> wow, okay. Yeah, so last year we talked about him posting a short clip 
where uh, he's sitting down on the sofa of his living room and you know playing with his cat mm-hmm. and getting relaxed. Do you remember that? Oh, that was when he yeah when he was still prime minister, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And everyone said he was lazy for taking it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was quite yeah. controversial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that clip was posted on Twitter. Right. But this time he started his own YouTube channel. Oh, okay. And his first video is only forty-seven seconds long. But what's funny is that he used three different cameras, mm-hmm. and within that 47 seconds, he used 11 cuts. <laughs> <laughs> so the angle keeps changing. Amazing. And is it the same kind of video, just him like relaxing? Oh, no. So this time he's just explaining why he started a new channel. Oh, okay. Yeah, because um, if he's whatever he says through media, any media, mm. um, you know, his true intention can be distorted, right? Of course, More yeah, or yeah. less. But through YouTube, he can really share his, uh-huh. you know, intention uh, okay. behind his uh, policies or, yeah, yeah. you know, basically what he's really thinking. Um, it makes sense. Yeah. And it's a good point. Yeah. That mm. no one can change what you're saying, right? Mm. You know, so. Yeah. So another thing is that many people are suggesting him what kind of videos he should be making in the future. Mm. And the most um, popular category, it seems, is uh, what's so-called shokurepo. Do you know? report. A food report? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've never guess. heard that before, but yeah. <laughs> that's a good Japanese English word. <laughs> yeah. So allegedly when he was the PM, uh he's got a bunch of food samples from, you know, across Japan. Right, okay. Because he's PM and those producers want the prime minister of Japan to promote their products, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So what's funny is that whenever he eats a food sample, mm-hmm. uh, he used to say, oh, this is very juicy. Juicy. <laughs> <laughs> to me, juicy in English, right? <laughs> so people even created a hashtag juicy right. on Twitter and kind of uh, made, made fun about that. Oh, okay. Yeah, so for anyone to be successful on YouTube, it's got to have certain educational or entertaining value to their videos. Mm-hmm. And for Abe, I'm still not sure which angle he wants to take. Yeah, I mean, I feel like he's kind of limited in a lot of ways by like mm. the the image he has to uphold of himself. I agree. Even though yeah. he's not the current prime minister, like he he's still uh, one of the most influential politicians. Exactly. Right. That's kind of what you were saying um, mm. uh, last week, even ab- about how you think you know he has a lot of influence over Kishida-san mm-hmm. still. So you know he can't be like doing like YouTube pranks and like <laughs> you know it's kind of crazy like videos yeah, yeah. that you're used to seeing, right? Hmm. But you know I could imagine him if he was like sitting like you know sitting in a nice room and talking about something like business related uh-huh. or even doing like interviews with people, but like really serious. Yeah, then I can imagine that being not damaging to his image, right? But I don't know how interesting that would be or like hmm. what, what the reach would be. Maybe, yeah, you know, political based people might find that interesting, but yeah, if it's just a regular conversation between you know politicians, then it may not be as interesting. Mm. But maybe talking to some other influential figure in some other fields mm. that can be interesting. Yes, I mean he was the prime minister for like around nine years, mm. right? So I mean he must have met a lot of interesting people, and I don't know, maybe he could even like. He could interview like Barack Obama or something, you know, like, <laughs> but not Trump. Yeah, oh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they're pretty good friends. But they could sit down and have a cheeseburger together, and uh, you know, they could just put the Japanese subtitles mm. and stuff. It could be interesting. Yeah, <laughs> that's one thing for sure. Yeah, but um, what made me laugh is, uh, you know, there's a category called Yatemita series. 
in Japan. Uh, never heard of it, no. Yatemita is like, I did this、mm. and this happened. Oh,、kind、okay.、Of. Yeah, it's like an experiment. And,、okay. um, you know, Abe has many fans, but also haters as well.、Mm, sure. And in the meantime, he's、uh, always guarded by his、uh, private police people or、mm. uh, security. I mean, you know, his, his bodyguards, so to say.、Mm-hmm. So one guy was suggesting, why doesn't he visit his haters' apartments、uh, with his bodyguards <laughs> and threaten them? <laughs> I subscribe for that. That sounds, that sounds amazing. Yeah. That's so wrong on、yeah. many levels. But、um, yeah, that'll be funny. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like, you know, in one way, it's kind of cowardly for him to, like, you know, confront someone with all that, that protection. But at the same time, it's quite funny, like, you know, because a lot of these people, a lot of these haters on the internet,、mm. they, they act anonymously, right?、Mm-hmm. So if you just showed up at their door with, like, the, the manuscript, like, they just printed from their Twitter, like, <laughs> you said this on the 12th of February. <laughs> Say it again in front of him. Yeah, that's it. And, like, you make someone answer for their comments. Like, that'd be quite funny. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, when I checked yesterday, he's got over 160,000 subscribers. Not a bad start. Yeah, within, I mean, in less than two days. Yeah, I was about to ask, when did he start?、So mm. Two days ago. Okay, yeah. Yeah, and his first video's got 500,000 views. Yeah, I mean, that's not bad for like 43 seconds or whatever you said. <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. And you know, I mean, he's the ex prime minister. I imagine like by the end of the year, he'll、mm. be on a couple of million. Right. And then he'll be doing collabs with Hikaki and, and,、uh, <laughs> and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still considering whether to subscribe to his channel or not. Oh, you didn't. I was going to ask you if you did. <laughs> yeah. But maybe I'll check it back, you know, again, like sometime later and yeah, yeah. yeah, see how he's doing. And speaking of YouTube, we have a video that's been going viral since last week. Uh, yeah, it's about two weeks ago now, I think. Yeah. So. Yeah. So Julian and I spent almost two full days、mm. uh, at the knife workshop、uh, mm. in the western side of Tokyo. Yeah. Yeah. Like a blacksmith's、uh, workshop.、Mm-hmm. And we basically filmed everything from making the steel to blacksmithing the, the actual knife.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the video is going to hit 1 million views by the end of today, maybe. I think, you know, on the current. A trajectory it should,、mm. should do, yeah.、Mm. Yeah, it was a bit unexpected because the video is almost what, three months old? Yeah, it was kind of on, you know, quite a low number and then、mm. suddenly just kind of. In、exploded. the beginning, but yeah, I think yeah. someone shared the video on Reddit or some other SNS. Some kind of like knife group. <laughs>、yeah. Kind of people that are really crazy about making knives and stuff. Yeah, I, I didn't even know that such group even existed. There's groups for everything, yes.、Yeah. So、<laughs> you think of a random thing, there's a group for it. <laughs> yeah. And obviously, knife seems to be one of the most popular, popular categories. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. I mean, I, I've never tried it, but I think it's quite mesmerizing to watch,、mm. you know, like when someone's just like hammering and there's sparks and fire. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, we cool,、right? enjoy watching it for sure. Yeah.、Right? I mean, yeah. We got to、and、see it in person, right? And it's,、yeah. it's, it's very. Interesting, even if you don't know anything about、mm-hmm. it. And lots of people commenting about the great relationship with the husband and the wife.、Mm-hmm. Because it could be the only workshop in Japan that's run by a couple. Yeah, it's really unique, right? Really unique. And I mean, just a, on top of that, the, the couple themselves are just really awesome people.、Mm-hmm. They're really, really cool. Yeah. So、uh, Sugihira san is the,、uh, the husband, and、mm-hmm. Anoka san is the wife. And、mm-hmm. uh, You got an email from her, right? And she、yeah. said that her, 
they'd been kind of flooded with uh, English emails <laughs> yes, and yes. customers from abroad. She was telling me she, they're getting more than 10 emails every single day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so ever that's... since the, the video exploded. <laughs> and she's got, they've got at least several orders mm. of the knives already. Yeah, that's fantastic. Because, yeah, mm. their, their website is not in English, but um, I think they were kind of completely caught off guard. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I hope they can, you know, ship abroad and stuff because it seems like a lot of people in the comments are really... Um, admiring the knives. And- yeah, I've seen at least 20 or maybe 30 comments mm-hmm. asking the price and like how to order their knives. Yeah, I've had to respond to every single one. <laughs> 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 but hopefully, yeah, people can do that. And uh, yeah, I mean, they're a small family business, right? So mm. it's really good to see them getting some benefit out of that. Exactly, yeah. So if you guys haven't seen the video, uh, go to youtube.com slash japango and find it there. Oh, and this week, um, I have another comical story. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I don't have a big like main story this week, but I, I have you know a few smaller stories. Oh, sure, okay. This one, I just saw the news a few days ago, and there's a Japanese guy who collected all three thousand two hundred eighty-nine game titles that were released for the very first PlayStation. Oh wow, that's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> Did you even know that many titles like existed? I mean, or- I didn't know the exact. No, I knew it was around about you know it was in the high that kind of like thousands, <laughs> right, you know, right. um, but. Yeah, that's pretty insane. <laughs> Did you see the picture? I saw the room? picture, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, actually, when I first heard about that story, I I thought in my head that I'd seen someone accomplish this before, mm. maybe like in the Western world. So mm. like, because I wasn't sure if he was collecting only Japanese titles or... Right. Because, you know, there's some that only come out in Japan. Right? Oh, or some yeah, that that's a good point. But I actually couldn't find anyone, well, that I could find on the internet that collected all of the PlayStation 1. Hmm. I found someone who collected every like PS2 and PS3, hmm. PS4, mm-hmm. but for some reason PlayStation One, at least at least in like English speaking countries, seemed hmm. to be, be elusive. Yeah, right. <laughs> so according to an article about him, he started collecting almost ten years ago when he was in college, hmm. and it actually doesn't say what was the trigger. Hmm. But anyway, he has spent at least uh, ten years, and the last title he bought. It's called The Master's Fighter. Have you heard of the game? No, that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I, me neither, you know, until I, I read this. But I just checked its price uh, on the auction site for this title mm. because it said in the article that the title was super rare. Mm. And to be honest, it doesn't really look like the highest like quality game. Sure, sure. <laughs> if you know what yeah, I mean. Yeah. But it's sold for over $600. Oh, okay. Or close to Nanaman or uh, 70,000 yen. Oh, okay. that's actually less than I was expecting you to say. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, if you think about him mm. collecting all these titles. Sure. <laughs> like, if you do the math, let's say, right, even each game costs 1,000 yen. Mm. That would make over 3 million uh, yen yeah, for yeah. 3,000 titles. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I'd imagine the average price is higher. Yeah, I mean, if you want them in that kind of high quality, I mean, like, preserved, like, A-grade kind of quality, right, there. Mm. Especially with those old um, PlayStation boxes, because mm. they were made of this really like brittle, yes, clear yes. plastic. Yeah, cracks yeah, yeah. like really easily. Right? Yes, yes. So it must be really hard to find like good condition ones nowadays. Yeah, I believe so. And based <laughs> on the video that he he's posted, mm. it looks like a clean library, you yeah, know, yeah. of all the PlayStation games. Oh wow, yeah, yeah. So I think I used to have 
maybe like 20 to 30 titles mm-hmm. you know back back in old days yeah yeah but yeah i would um i wouldn't mind paying him to enter his room and <laughs> check out all the, the titles <laughs> you know that'll make me feel nostalgic i mean you never know he might yeah turn it into a museum or something um, <laughs> i've seen other guys usually like in america who have collected like you know all the games for other consoles mm. and they'll just have like like a 10 bedroom house but like five bedrooms are just filled with games and they're oh. all like on the like each room is a different console and it's like the, uh, and it's like this guy they're all super neat and all like in alphabetical order and just like yeah. it's crazy yeah. but that's another thing because it's easier outside japan where they are more you know uh the apartments are more spacious true yeah yeah but in tiny japanese apartments mm. you know i don't know how he sleeps or <laughs> i don't know he maybe he owns a big house he doesn't but, sleep he's too busy playing games <laughs> <laughs> and he's just happy surrounded by by the games that's it yeah mm. i mean actually does he even play them though because if you play them, then they lose value, right? You have to leave. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Hard to say, yeah. Yeah, but um, sounds intriguing for sure. Yeah, so that's my main stories. What's your main story for the week? Very interesting, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so my story uh, is a little bit more down to earth. It's involving uh, Japan's favorite type of machine, the vending machine. Oh, <laughs> of course. <laughs> so um, apparently uh, it's not just been this week, but over the last couple of months, but I found an interesting article about it this week uh, mm. of the growing popularity of frozen food vending machines in Japan. Right. So um, I'm sure many of you know at home that, you know, vending machines are really big in Japan, right? Mm. Every country has vending machines, but in Japan, they're like- It's huge. They're just everywhere, like in mm. every corner. And the variety of stuff you can get in them is pretty unprecedented. So apparently, and I don't know, I couldn't actually find the reason for this, but a lot of these reports seem to have been in Hokkaido, kind of the, the northern uh, island of Japan. Oh, um, really? So I'm sure it's been, you know, it's been across the whole country. Yeah. But a lot of the, um, the quotes and things given by people seem to be from Hokkaido. So hmm. maybe the, just the reporter that wrote this article hmm. was Hokkaido-based. Hmm. Um, Vending machine fanatic. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there, there seems to be kind of two key factors for this boom um, in kind of the appeal for these. The hmm. first thing is for shop owners, as you can imagine over the last almost two years since, uh, you know, pa- the pandemic started, uh, shop owners have had a very difficult time, hmm. especially like small independent stores. Yeah. You know, um, just managing to pay the rent, you know, to have like a physical location. Hmm. So this allows them to sell merchandise well basically just paying the fee to like keep the machine running which is very cheap Mm -hmm. in comparison right yeah um and also means that they can have the technically like a 24-hour store Mm. because the machine's just always there yeah and they don't have to close anytime never rests exactly right (laughs) um and the big appeal for the customers is that there's no uh, risk of contact with any people Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. you know it'll just be on the street yeah you walk up yeah it's definitely attractive to both the seller and the, mm. the buyer, you know, or the customers. Yeah. And about, I think, half a year ago, we went mm. to a ramen shop that sells ramen using a vending machine. Yeah. And yeah. made a video about it, right? It was a Maruyama Seimen, was it? Yeah, I think so. Mm. Yeah. And the thing is that there are plenty of uh, 24-hour convenience stores such as 7-Eleven. Mm. But the kind of ramen that are sold are, you know, instant instant noodles yeah, or yeah. not as high quality as a real ramen sold at mm-hmm. real ramen shops. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so what they do is that they flash freeze the, the actual soup, mm. ramen soup, and, um, you know, the noodle itself is dry. So they just, you know, make it a package and sell it to the yeah, vending yeah. machine. And it sounds simple, but mm. it's quite 
you know, as you were saying, beneficial for both the, the shop and the customer. Exactly, yeah. And, you know, I was really impressed at the, the quality. I mean, I don't know why I was thinking something different beforehand. Maybe because of just the, the experiences I've had of like, you know, instant noodles. But like you say, it's just like literally the, the noodles that they would cook in the restaurant, but just put in a plastic packet. So they're exactly the same. And because the soup is just frozen instantly, like you basically get home and like melt it. Or like, it's super you know, easy. It's, yeah. It's, it just tastes exactly the same. Mm-hmm, right? mm-hmm. Yeah. Not just in theory, but uh, I've actually tried uh, buying a few ramens mm. uh, on that vending machine and I brought it back home and yeah, had those ramen about a week later. Yeah. yeah. You know, I just stored them in the uh, freezer. Right. Right. And yeah, it tasted almost the same as the, the real ramens at the, the ramen shops. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't surprise me. I, I didn't actually get them, um, but you know, when I could just see, see them on the packet, you could just mm. tell it looks so much fresher. Yeah. Than uh, like any other regular instant ramen. Mm-hmm. Um, but apparently yeah, the, these machines have been Hokkaido and other places in Japan. They've been selling loads of different things. Um, there's one uh, fish wholesaler called uh, Chiba Suisan, hmm. uh, which is in some uh, residential area of Sapporo. They've been selling um, basically slices of fish. So cut slices of fish that range from 300 to 1500 yen. Oh, wow. And they've been deboned before they put in the machine. So mm. um, they basically say, yeah, the bones. Yeah, makes moved. sense. Yeah, that uh, makes things a lot easier. Exactly. Right? Yeah. And, you know, they're saying that the, the feedback has been really positive from customers. Mm, they can I'm just sure. go and buy, you know, just like a little fillet of like, I don't know, anything like Thai or mm-hmm. booty or something like that. Mm-hmm. And just go home, fry it up, and it tastes like super fresh. Mm. Um, or you can eat them as sashimi. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Mm. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what the process is for like thawing them out when mm. once they're frozen, but I'm sure you just you know, leave it for a couple of hours mm-hmm, or something. Mm-hmm. And there's another company called Climb Inc, who is like a confectionery and sweet vendor. Mm. And they've been, they've made a new, um, Swiss roll machine. What's that? Uh, so a Swiss roll is like, it's like a swirly kind of cake. It's like a spiral. Oh. So okay. if you imagine if you get like, like a flat sheet of cake, mm. cover it in cream and then you just roll it up. Like a newspaper. Oh, okay. That, that's the best, basically. Yeah. <laughs> Is that similar to what we call roll cake in Japan? Oh, uh, yeah, I think so. Um, but yeah, generally it's just like chocolate cake with you know chocolate filling or vanilla. Oh, yeah, cream filling. yeah, yeah. It's, very, it's a very simple dessert. Uh, um, yeah, I've seen this before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, they've got this basically, and the same thing. It's frozen. But like, you know, it's made in the factory and frozen instantly. Uh, nice. And then typically purchased in the same day, you know, so it's just a great way to get hold of fresh merch, you know, fresh food. And mm. um, it's bringing the cost down for everyone involved, basically. So that machine is available in Tokyo? Uh, no, this one, this is also in Hokkaido. Oh, okay. Wow. Everything is in Hokkaido. <laughs> yeah. So that's why I said like the um, the person that wrote this article, it, was, it, it wasn't news. It was more of like an opinion kind of piece, oh, but I you see. know, kind of reporting on it. I see. Um, so I, I think he might've been based in Hokkaido, um, but there was also a, quote from the company that makes most of these machines uh, called Sanden Retail Systems Corporation. Hmm. They said that these vending machines have now been installed in 41 of Japan's 47 prefectures. Hmm. But it's not just in Hokkaido. It's, uh, you know, they've been installed everywhere. Sure. Uh, and they said, uh, we would like the vending machines to be utilized by many businesses as a new marketing method during the coronavirus pandemic. So, yeah, obviously in the immediate term, you know, using them to get new customers in this difficult time. But I could imagine once everything returns to normal, you know, I'd still, you know, if there was a vending machine near my house and I didn't have to walk 15 minutes to the nearest ramen restaurant, I'd probably still use it pandemic or no pandemic. You know? mm. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not sure if he's using the same machine, mm. but uh, there's a friend of mine in Hiroshima. 
Oh, okay. And he recently launched a series of uh, vending machine where he sells relatively expensive Japanese food mm. as well as French food. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I think he installed maybe like six or seven different machines. Is it the same concept where it's frozen and then you? Yeah, you yeah, they're all frozen. Yeah, see, yeah. But the price point is quite uh, high. Oh, okay. And some of them cost uh, five thousand yen oh, okay. per an item. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I'm sure it's it's French. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it seems like they offer fifty uh, different varieties of food in the same spot. Wow. That's not in one machine, right? It must be different machines. Yeah. So as I was yeah. saying, like, uh, there's maybe like seven or eight. Oh, they're machines. all in the same place. Yeah. In oh. the same place. Oh, I thought maybe yeah. spread across the Oh, same. yeah. Yeah. So it's almost like, uh, one shop, mm, you know, where you can enter and it's called, uh, Dr. Gohan. <laughs> so, <laughs> Dr. Food. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Doctor is doctor and Gohan is food. Yeah, so, yeah. uh, as a matter of fact, uh, he's, he's a doctor. Oh, yeah. Okay. So he kind of supervises all the nutrition. I mean, the, uh, okay. the balance for nutritions and so on. Does he own a restaurant as well? Or is this just like completely unconnected? Oh, yeah. That's a good point. So, yeah, he owns and runs a restaurant too. Oh, okay. Yeah, or yeah. maybe multiple sure, uh, restaurants. Sure, yeah. I yeah. mean, yeah, it just makes a lot of sense that, you know, if you already had the restaurant and you could just turn it into packageable food. But mm-hmm. I mean, I guess you don't need to. Maybe if you just really, you've got a really good sense for cooking and things like that or you know mm-hmm. or you could just pay someone else to do it yeah so this dr gohan only came out on the 16th of this month mm. so less than a week ago and um you know i haven't gone back to hiroshima since then mm. so i haven't checked this out but i definitely will you know next time i go back to i hiroshima. want to check it out yeah but oh, it might be a bit, bit pricey for, a, for a <laughs> yeah yeah so the the lowest price point is 300 yen oh okay so maybe it's some soup or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Maybe casual, like small sweets. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay. Well, it sounds cool. Yeah. I like the idea of like luxury vending machines. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And carrying on our discussion of vending machines, actually, we've got another story that's kind of unconnected, but also related slightly. <laughs> um, so I'm sure you all have heard of the company Suntory Foods. You yeah. Know, they, they make all these different beverages in Japan. And I'm sure they've got lots of uh, investments in other companies as well. <laughs> um, but they've just started this new. Uh, kind of vending machine service, which is called Shacho no Ogori Jihanki, which hmm. basically means like um, the, the company president's treat vending yes. machine. <laughs> yeah. That's an accurate translation. <laughs> it sounds kind of funny. So yeah, Shacho means company president. Hmm. Uh, Ogori is to like, is, is like your treat. And Jihanki means uh, vending machine. Mm-hmm. So basically the, the, the concept is quite amusing, um, but actually quite clever as well. Hmm. So I can kind of imagine, but how, how does it work? Yeah, so uh, as a, lots of companies already have these kinds of machines, where it's like a regular vending machine, but uh, you use your employee ID card, hmm. you know, the same one you might use to scan in the, into the building or clock in at the start of work. Hmm. But, you know, you place it onto the, um, the vending machine and, you know, it'll register that like, oh, Tanaka-san bought a bottle of water. And maybe, you know, maybe you get charged at the end of the month or, or whatever, right? Mm. Um, but this new machine actually has it has two IC card pads on it. Mm. It's almost like a, almost like nuclear launch consoles where you have to put the two keys in at the same time. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> I, just, launch it. I just know this from James Bond, you know? <laughs> but um, basically, if two employees scan their both their cars at the same time, mm. um, the drinks will be free. So they'll be like on the house, you know. Sounds fine. Yeah. <laughs> and and the concept is basically to encourage communication uh, between employees like mm. within the company. Um, 
it seems mostly inspired by the recent events, um, you know, of the pandemic, remote working, you know, people are just not communicating like they used to. It's, I think it's kind of comical, but it's actually a really smart idea. Mm. It's cool. <laughs> I like the idea, but I just, you know, thought about the dark example. Oh, okay. So <laughs> imagine the boss just, you know, like ordering a subordinate to follow him yeah. and just use, you know, two of their cars and then boss gets two drinks. <laughs> <laughs> he just punches the guy and takes it. Yeah, that's a typical pawahara or power harassment. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's, a, that's a big societal issue in Japan, you know? Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Maybe not the, the, the scope of this vending machine, but maybe, yeah. maybe uh, it might cause some problems, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> uh, I hope no people would abuse the system. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. kind of... Uh, it's kind of unfortunate. Yeah, but sorry about making fun of it, but I, I like the concept. Mm, it's really cool, yeah. And mm. uh, they also said that, you know, it doesn't have to just be called Shacho no Ogori. It can be called, like, anything, you know? Mm. So it could be, like, Joshi no Ogori or, like... It, Manager no Ogori or something like that. Mm. They can change the uh, the wording on the machine mm. to match the business. And mm-hmm. uh, there's one business called a Kokuyo Stationery. Oh yeah, um, that company is huge. Oh, is it? I've never heard of it before. But um, yeah, I think it's the largest or the second largest stationery company in Japan. Oh, okay. Uh, well, apparently, yeah, they're um, kind of joining in in this trial of this, mm. this service. They basically described the same thing that Santori said that you know it's uh, it's been quite a while since a lot of uh, the employees have had a chance to get together and talk, especially about the current events. You know, maybe even if they're in the same building, they might just feel like, you know, oh, you know, I probably shouldn't go to that other office if I don't need to. You know, they'll just kind of refrain from doing it. But hmm. yeah, it's uh, it seems like it's kind of working in the test. You know, in the trials, hmm. they're saying by the end of uh, next year, uh, twenty twenty two, that they'd like to have it installed in over one hundred companies in Japan. So yeah, obviously we have a bunch of different types of vending machine and I'm sure, you know, there'll be more to come in the future. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I look forward to seeing what they come up with. <laughs> <laughs> so that wraps it up for all the news this week. Now let's jump into the final segment of the show, Word of the Week. So today I'm going to introduce to you a trendy Japanese English word. Ooh. The word of the week is baitotero. Baitotero? Hmm. Uh, well, I know baito is part-time job. Oh, you know that already. Yeah. And okay. Terror is That's like good. terror, like terrorism. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah. But, but Okay, good start. But I have two two things that immediately jump to mind. And I don't know if it's like, hmm. it's some kind of, like we, we just mentioned like power hatter, right? Hmm. You could say it's like terrorizing part-time employees. Mm. Or mm. someone who like commits terrorism, but they're not really like fully committed to the cause. <laughs> <laughs> nah. <laughs> I mean, first of all, as you mentioned, baito means part-time job mm. in Japan. And it's not even English. So I just, you know, uh, looked up on Google. Yeah, yeah. And it came from a German word. Oh, uh, okay. Our, our bait or something. Oh, uh, okay. And again, as always, uh, we made it short to just baito. Yeah. It's basically about the part-timer uh, doing something really ridiculous or disgusting. Oh. Uh, typically, I would say in a restaurant. Oh, or it okay. could be a konbini. Oh. I mean, for some reason, it's almost always food-related. I, I, I have some imagination already. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think one of the most famous ones, I believe it was 7-Eleven a few years ago. You know what oden is, right? Oh, yeah. It's like a like a, a pot of like boiled um, 
Not lots of stuff, right? But they usually have it at the front of the store, right? Yeah, but the main stuff is uh, fish paste. Yeah, yeah. And also egg and yeah. uh, konnyaku and, uh, you know, several other Yeah, very other like stuff. Japanese style food. Yeah. Right? yeah, there was a stupid guy who put an oden in his mouth and put it back to the oh, pot. Oh, come on. <laughs> and, the, the, you know, what makes it even worse, maybe, is that, like, his friend was filming him do that. Oh, really? And then he posted that on Twitter. Oh. And that video went viral. Damn. You know, of course, in a bad way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one example. And I think it was only two days ago, the most recent one. Mm-mm. I didn't know such thing even existed. But there's something called uh, Gangen Pureto. Gai means uh, rock salt. Okay. And preto is plate, right? Okay. And it's something that you use to grill yakiniku. Oh, okay. And it seems like, you know, that rock salt has a good effect uh, on grilling meat nicely. Oh, okay. So there's one fancy yakiniku restaurant in Roppongi. Mm-hmm. And this girl, like, just randomly started licking oh. the <laughs> rock salt. <laughs> And I'm not sure if she's used that for an actual customer. But yeah, again, as always, her friend was filming her do that. Yeah. And posted on Twitter and went viral. <laughs> and everyone immediately, in less than a day, found out who she is. Yeah. Like, like- <laughs> all her, you know, uh, profile pictures on SNS or even from high school albums. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Internet detectives, they always come out. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> when yeah. you need them to. <laughs> But yeah, why would you do that? <laughs> uh, I mean, that's, that's like, particularly it, disgusting. Yeah. yeah. Are there similar cases in the UK as well? I mean, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't know if we're a pretty family friendly podcast, so maybe I won't repeat some things I've heard in the past, but you know, I'm sure you can imagine, <laughs> you can, you, you can maybe use your imagination to think, you know, some ways that you might be able to interfere with somebody's food, perhaps in a restaurant or you know, those, those kinds of things yeah. that are, are quite disgusting. Yeah, I think this was uh, just a few years ago, but I just remember there was a guy who was taking a bath in a, in a sink right. of the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and of course, naked. Oh, wow. That, I mean, those those things are usually quite big, aren't they, in the kitchens? Because mm. they want a lot of pile. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the thing. That's, so that's quite funny. I think, I don't know whether he was sober or drunk. It's it's hard to tell what he was thinking, but mm. I guess he just saw the huge sink in the kitchen and <laughs> yeah. thought, oh, okay, maybe I can take a bath. Yeah, I like, I mean, was someone filming him for that one or something? Yes. Oh, okay. Because I was going to say, if he, if he just did that on his own, that almost sounds like he might have. Just being like stressed and like just like a mental break. <laughs> but like, you know, I feel like the licking food is more like, it's not funny, but you know, they think it's a prank, you know? Mm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it doesn't surprise me. I feel like most of the times I hear these kinds of stories, it's like, um, especially in the West, it's people do this stuff like when they get fired mm. or they or they just hate their job and they want to quit. Right. They're like, before I go, I'm going to just do something ridiculous, mm. do something disgusting, right? Mm. That uh, makes more sense in a way, yeah. you know, <laughs> good or bad. <laughs> but yeah, I think for these Baitotero people, mm. right, my understanding is that they really, I mean, they simply want attention from the public. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I think they are just so naive that no matter what they do and no matter what the consequence would be, mm. they just want to get the, the you know, so much attention. Yeah, I think, 
That's definitely the case in these situations. Um, but that actually really strongly links back to what we talked about last week hmm. with these uh, Miyawaki. Miyawaki. Yeah, right? yeah, it's just yeah. like... Quite similar. I'm sure if you sat them down and said, like, do you really think that was a good idea? Mm. And if they really honestly answered, they'd probably just say no. Mm. But they're just so desperate for attention, you know? Mm. Mm. So, yeah, I'm sure maybe a lot of these uh, Baito or Tero people might even become Miyawaki YouTubers. Mm. <laughs> Seems like a good match. <laughs> <laughs> It's hard to say which is worse, though. Yeah. <laughs> Baito Tero or Meiwakuke. Yeah, or Meiwakutero. <laughs> <laughs> Combined. Yeah, that's double. Yeah, but interesting word either way, as always, Yasu. Um, mm. So, yeah, that's the end of the show, guys. Uh, thanks for listening. Remember, whichever podcast platform you're listening to us on, make sure you're subscribed for a brand new episode every single week. We have our Facebook page for This Week in Japan. So if you have any questions, comments, or requests to us, you're 100% welcome. Okay, everyone, so stay healthy, stay safe, and uh, no matter how great the temptation to get those likes on social media, please refrain from bite or terror. <laughs> <laughs> and be sure to check back next week for the very next episode of This Week in Japan. Mm-hmm.